hurt other people, the attitude of always being innocent, the attitude of always, you know, expecting the best from people, because later on Jesus talks about causing somebody to stumble, and then he goes and talks about, you know, the sheep, the lost one, who walks away, but then Jesus starts talking about conflict, and he says this, if your brother sins, go and contact the fault, just between of you, if they listen to you, you have won them over. The first level of conflict is one on one. When you have a disagreement with somebody, it is not biblical for you to go to Instagram or Facebook and start posting how much people have hurt you and you are sending all of these subliminal messages, you know, so that somebody, I haven't seen any message from here from the church, so I'm not saying anything to somebody. <laughs> Uh, but you start posting, you know, messages and, oh, people are so mean to me. You always do the best for people and they leave you and they let you down with the, with the, when you need it the most, I can't believe it. And then, of course, you know, uh, I mean, that, that is not what the Bible says. The Bible says is the first level when you have a disagreement with somebody, when you have something that happened between you and a brother, somebody offended you or you offended somebody, the first rule of Matthew 18 is that you go personally to that person and you talk to that person and you disclose to that person, hey, Pastor Henry, this is how I feel. Um, I was going to pick you up for soccer yesterday. I waited for you half an hour. You never came out. Then your wife called me that you were already at the game and I feel offended. Right? That is the first level. But before you do the first level, you have to understand that the purpose of the rules of Matthew 18 is, number one, that you win your brother back. The level is not for you to go and make your brother feel guilty about what he did. The level is not for you to go and give them a whole list of all the offenses that they have done to you. That is not the purpose. The purpose, the Bible says, that if your brother sins against you, go and point out their fault. Which means, go and tell your brother privately the level of responsibility that you think that they have in the offense. And by the way, when you go and you confront someone, don't, please don't go with the attitude that you want to win the argument. Because it's not about winning an argument. It's not about proving your point. It's not about me winning because I'm right. It's about, the Bible says, winning your brother over. And how do you win your brother over? Well, one of the first things that you have to do is, number one, you go to that person thinking about what is best for that person. Because when you go from that perspective, it is easier for the person to open up to the perspective that you have about the offense or the conflict that is happening between you and her or him. Because you know, when we get offended, some people don't know that they have that they have offended somebody. I was talking, you know, sometime uh, many many years ago with somebody from from a different country, and when I was introduced that I was from El Salvador. The guy started laughing, and uh, and he they told me you know he has a great sense of humor. I didn't take it like that, 
But, you know, when somebody told him, ah, this is Franklin, you know, he was born in San Weller, raised in San Weller, he started laughing and he said, oh my gosh, ha, 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 El Weller is so tiny that you cannot even see it on the map. Oh my goodness. And everybody, you know, was like, oh my gosh. And I was like, wow, I am offended. So, but he didn't know that he offended me. So do you think the appropriate response is for me to just turn around, feel hurt, and change my attitude towards him, and not hurt, and start ignoring him, or walking away from him because he hurt me? That is not biblical. You better go to that person and say, brother and sister, one-on-one, rule of Matthew 18, tell the other person what offended you. But let me tell you this. Please listen up. Because the church is going to start growing with a lot of ministries. I see it. I don't know if you believe it. I see it. I believe it. I expect it that it will happen. Do not, never, do not confront anyone if you don't love or if you don't care about that person. Please don't. Because your attitude is not going to be the right one. The purpose of conflict resolution in the body of Christ is so that you go and you restore that relationship with the person. Have you ever been corrected by somebody who doesn't care about you? And you're like, it's none of their business. Why? Why do you feel like that? Because it doesn't feel genuine. Somebody's trying to correct you, but they haven't shown you that they love you, that they care about you. It doesn't work like that. John Maxwell says in one of his quotes, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. So before we try to correct somebody, we need to show them that we love them. We need to show them that we care about them because the purpose of confrontation, Jesus says, is about winning the brother over. I want to win him back for the kingdom of God. I want him to come back to church. I want him to know that we Christians, we are not afraid to apologize if we make a mistake. We are not afraid to apologize and ask for forgiveness if we have offended somebody because we know that that's what Jesus has called us to do. And then if you confront that person and the person says, you know what, brother, I am very sorry. I didn't know I offended you. I am sorry for my part too. And then if you guys come to an agreement, then you have been a brother over for the kingdom of God. But please do not confront anybody if you do not love or care for that person. And by the way, I, I assure you that this principle also applies in the workplace. I apply it. I know Malathi, Malathi is so loving and, and she takes care of me. She says, Franklin, be careful with the stories that you preach about because they're going to be online. <laughs> and I thank you, Malathi, for taking care of my back. But let me tell you this principle, I apply it to work. Yes. I, have, I have 20 instructors under my care who are teaching 40 different families how to teach life schools to people who have developmental disabilities. And when I talk to my instructors, the people I lead, I tell them, please, if you have a disagreement with me, let's talk it over. If you're acting hurt, that is not the right answer. If you are quitting your job because you're mad at me, that is not the answer. You need to come to me and let's see what happened. If I need to apologize, as your boss, I will. 
But it's about the company. It's about the bigger picture. It's not just about my feelings being hurt. It's about following the main vision, supporting the owners, supporting the executives. So what can I do so that you feel better? And let me tell you, I also apply this principle with my boss. When my boss goes out of line, I call her into the office and I say, boss, I think you must stop on this one. Let's talk it over. And we have good meetings and sometimes it, it's hard. It's hard, you know, to confront somebody that is above you. But here's the key. If you really love and care about the person, you will see that it's easier to confront somebody. But you have to ensure that the other person's interest is also a priority when you uh, confront somebody. So my question for you today is, how do you react when somebody has a conflict with you? Do you deal with conflict at the lowest level? Or do you react when somebody has a conflict with you? Do you scream? Do you yell? Do you turn around and leave? Do you ignore people? Do you walk away? Don't take it to the next level in your reaction if it's not necessary because it hurts other people. Let's just grow in this area. And I'm not saying because I've seen this here, please don't, don't get me wrong. I'm saying it because it happened to the disciples. It happened in Acts chapter 6. It happens when church starts growing. And sometimes we don't know how to deal with conflict. Look at what Jesus said in Matthew 18.4. Jesus said in Matthew 18.4, Therefore, whoever takes the lowly position of this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. So the greatest is not the person who wins the argument. The greatest is the person who puts the interests of the other person first and the interests of the kingdom of God first. And you win your brother over, then you did your part. Oh, but what happens if you confront the person one-to-one -one and he or she doesn't listen to you? Then you go to the next level. The Bible says, if you're in with me, verse uh, 16, but if they will not listen, take one or two others alone so that every matter may be established by the testimony or three witnesses. So when the conflict is not progressing, then the second option is you bring two witnesses with you, but, but hear me out because we have to know how to do this. What is the purpose of having a witness or having two witnesses? The purpose of having a witness or two witnesses is that when two people are listening to this conversation of conflict, these two people outside the box, they're not on your side or his side. They want to be in the right side. So they have a different perspective. And when they hear the story, they're going to assign responsibility in different levels to the different parties. While on the other hand, if we confront the person one-on-one, -on -one, sometimes we go only to blame people and we forget that sometimes we also have a play, we also have a role in how the conflict develops. Look what Proverbs 18:17 says. I really love this verse because in a lawsuit, the first person to speak seems right until someone comes forward and cross-examines what happens. But this is how you get to witnesses. This is how you do it. 
I came to Pastor Henry, and Pastor Henry didn't apologize to me because he stood me up, you know, for soccer game. So what do I do? I go and and I talk to Richard and Dean, and I say, Richard and Dean, I want you guys to come to me because this, this and this and this happened, and I want you to hear both sides of the story, and, and please give it my perspective because I want to restore this relationship. So Richard and Dean, they come, they sit down right there, and they hear Pastor Henry's story, and they hear my story, and then Dean and Richard say, oh, well, Franklin, yes, uh, maybe Pastor Henry, yes, Pastor, you should have called Franklin, uh, yes, he's right, and maybe Dean will say, Franklin, that is true, but please don't be so hurt about it. It's not a big deal. I guess to up all the time. Okay, so um, they, this triggered the responsibility, and then he either is convinced that he needs to apologize or he continues to be the same way. But we need those perspectives and we need to be careful with those perspectives. So do not go to level two before trying the rule number one. Because some people, they go to brothers and sisters and say, you know what, I want you to pray for me because I don't know what to do. You know, Navar really offended me last Sunday. And let, please pray for me that she will change because that is not looking for witnesses. That is called gossiping. And that is not good, you know, for the church. I have a friend who is a pastor. My, he's my favorite preacher, my favorite, favorite preacher. Um, you know that some of us uh, who are from different countries, we party in different ways, right? For Christmas and, and for uh, New Year's. So this pastor, he was coming, you know, um, out of a dinner and uh, he had a near infection. So those of you who know a little bit of medicine, you know that when people have a near infection, they have the tendency to get dizzy, right? So after the party and after the whole dinner with a bunch of people, uh, his brother and his other brother, they were carrying, you know, Pastor Lisandro to their car and take him <laughs> home because he got sick. So he was going like this with the two brothers. <laughs> and guess what? A couple of days, people started saying, oh my gosh, that pastor has drinking problems. I saw him drunk. He was so drunk that he couldn't even walk. I saw it, oh my gosh. And that was a big rumor. So you have to be careful, you know, with the stories, you know, that we tell, okay? But what happens if Pastor Henry doesn't change his ways? Then you go to the next level, and then the Bible says that uh, 17, if they still refuse to listen, tell it to the church. If they refuse to listen, even to the church, treat them as young, uh, as a pagan or as a tax collector. This is when a conflict is not resolved. When you tell it to the church, means you go to the leadership. And you tell them what the problem is. Okay? You don't go to just anybody. You come to the leadership. There's Richard, Pastor Henry, Adam, uh, Malathy, your leaders from the church. And then the church decides, number one, are we going to develop a church discipline plan? I don't like using the word discipline so much, but I like the word restoration. When we put somebody through restoration, uh, in a process so that they can get restored 
and repent or treat them as pagans or tax collectors. That means don't expect too much from them. They're sinners. So we just exhort them and continue to pray for them until they change. And the last, last, last resource when a conflict doesn't work out, you stop fellowship with them. And let me tell you this. I'm, I'm closing with this. Some relationships are so toxic for you that you just need to walk away from them. Some people do not want to change. If you find yourself in a position today when you are telling someone change, 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 and you're doing your best for the person to change, and the person doesn't change, and he or she gets worse, and you continue to push, and you spend years trying to make that person change, maybe the one who needs to change is you. Because some relationships are so toxic that we just need to walk away from them. I finish with this, Matthew 5, 9. Look at this verse, how beautiful. This is a beautiful verse. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. The number one sign that you are a child of God is when you become a peacemaker. Not a peacekeeper, a peacemaker. You build bridges. You help people get restored. You restore relationships. If you hear somebody using words that are highly offensive all the time, if you hear somebody using words that divide people all the time, if you hear somebody that uses words that describe people so negatively in other ways and that person doesn't change, that person is not a peacemaker. And maybe you need to walk away from that person. So I pray that if there's ever a conflict, please follow the rules of Matthew 18. I know we all get along here and I'm so grateful but I just wanted to share that as the church grows, it will happen, and we need to have rules in place first when those things happen. Let's pray. Lord, um, I want to thank you today, Lord God, for Matthew 18. And I pray, Lord God, right now that as we close the service, that when those misunderstandings happen, when those offenses happen, when the conflict arises in the middle of us, which is natural, it happens, it happened in Acts chapter six, that we follow the rules of Matthew 18. That we will talk to, some, to the person one-on-one, -on -one. that we will, if the person doesn't listen, we will follow rule number two, we will bring witnesses, and number three, if that doesn't work out, we talk to the leadership of the church. But I also pray that we understand that we cannot confront anyone unless we truly love and care about that person. I also pray, Lord God, if, if we have people in our lives who are toxic and they don't change, I pray that you give us wisdom today 
to handle conflict in a biblical way and to make the right choices and decisions that will bring spiritual peace, mental peace, and physical peace into our lives. I also pray for peacemakers in this church. I pray, Lord God, that whenever we see a little fire standing, that we don't put gas on it, but we put water and we extinguish whatever fire wants to arise. I pray, Lord God, because you were responding to the disciples, if you want to be the greatest, then take the low position. Walk the extra mile. Do what nobody wants to do. Think about the interests of others before you think about yours. We praise you, Lord, in the name of Jesus, we pray. How many of you guys love me? <laughs> <laughs>